You're listening to Common Sense with Beer, where we talk about heavy-hitting topics with a beer in hand. I'm Kyle, and my other host here is Zach. Uh, personally, we here started the podcast uh, probably because of the uh, heavy-hitting topics hitting us today. Uh, we're working here just trying to raise our families, and um, you know these, these issues are really affecting everyday life and the future uh, that our kids are going to have, so... That's the main reason why I wanted to uh, share our conversations, so I will uh, throw it to Zach. Yeah, uh, I think you pretty hit it. You pretty much hit it. Uh, main thing was we just found ourselves kind of talking about stuff, you know, kind of ticking off the wives because we were gone so long, either at one of you know one another's houses, drinking beer and just kind of talking. So mm-hmm. we thought, oh, we should we should record these. So uh, that's that's where we're at. Um, it's real. We're here. We're here. We're doing Finally it. We made it. We're doing it. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just introduce myself. I'm Zach. Uh, I'm, like Kyle said, we're kind of, we're family men. Uh, we like to take care of our families, make sure that everything's going well there. And uh, these, these uh, topics that we like to bring up and like to talk about are definitely things that not only affect us, but we think affect other people. And we think that more people should pay attention to them. So, um, I am, I myself am pretty religious. Um, I go to church at least once a week. If I'm usually there more, but, um, I'm a religious guy. Uh, you know, I like to, I like to have these serious conversations with people and kind of learn where people are coming from with their own stuff. So I think this is a huge opportunity for us to talk to other people about it too. So no, absolutely, man. And uh then we've got who just left the room, but uh <laughs> we've got we've got Joe here who is has been our lovely producer up to this point. Uh he has graciously allowed us to use his studio for his podcast equipment, which we thought would be the hardest part of this whole thing. And it turns out this was easier than figuring out the description to the friggin' podcast. <laughs> it so, sure was. Yeah, so thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. If you want to say hi, say hi. Hello. There you go. <laughs> and now you've heard from Joe. Now you have heard from Joe. <laughs> so uh yeah, should we should we jump right into it? Yeah, I know we're laughing. Oh shoot. Yeah. Technical difficulties, that's all right. Joey can't even control his own studio. Apparently not. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. So let's just uh let's kind of jump into Today, first episode, kind of introduction, kind of keep it light. Uh, but, you know, there is always something serious to talk about. Um, you know, things are expensive, Zach. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I don't know what it's like for you when you go grocery shopping, but, uh, you know, I get out there, we get the bare essentials, and uh, luckily we know how to cook food. Um, anybody that's got to get all those prepared meals that are just outrageously priced nowadays i don't understand how you can uh live how mm-hmm. how you do it honestly i my thing is uh, it definitely helps having hispanic uh cooking you food <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. fair enough fair enough it, it certainly does uh, yeah. like i said i don't know how people who don't know how to cook are handling it because just the raw ingredients themselves have risen in price um not as bad as some of those prepackaged frozen meals you know that are ready to go for the family I've seen some of those jump up as high as, you know, five or six dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dude. It's just outrageous. And see, so uh, you know, and you you didn't you didn't introduce this, so hopefully I'm not stepping on your toes, but 
Um, you know, you you homeschool. Your wife stays at home. Sure do. Um, you so you know you you work for the family. You go out and you know you make your living for your family, and your family stays home and waits for you to come home. And um, I know, you know, for me it, it's a it's a little bit different just because we're we're so busy all the time. And I know, I know you you know your your two kids are in sports and stuff too. You know, so you guys are oh, busy yeah. after you Every get home from work week. too. Uh, I I think one of our things is you know. Those prepackaged meals sometimes are a savior just because, mm-hmm. you know, you get home from work, you know, haven't mowed the lawn in, you know, three months. So I better <laughs> I better do that before we get, you know, the kiddos to dance or whatever, you know. And, oh, and sure. so those are really nice. But you're, you're absolutely right. Everything has gotten so expensive. And um, it's, it's insane to me that – so I'm one that I pretty much – I know how to cook. I, I learned how to cook when I was a teenager. Oh yeah, um, I'm not well. I'm not going to say Humble that I'm break. the best cook. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to say I'm the best cook by any means. But I can, you know, I can cook the I can cook the the decent meals, you know, for a decent price, you know. Oh, sure. But I mean, even that, even you know, we we just talked about this a couple days ago, a few days ago, that we we went and got super cheap food. We're talking like manwich. Mm-hmm. You know, meat, buns, and a sauce. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, we got macaroni and cheese and hot dogs. Uh, you know, just real simple stuff because we were trying to pinch pennies. And, nope. Absolutely. You know, we got we got four meals, four cheap meals like that, and it was almost 200 bucks. That's insane. That, you know? There's no, no rational reason why these things should be this much. Well, I mean, I understand. I obviously understand that there's reasons as to why they've achieved this uh, level of, of cost for us. But there's just no sustainability here. I there's going to be thousands, if not millions, joining the homeless here soon with these prices just on food alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not even touching rent, uh, prices for gas. You know, yeah. um, they shrink and then they they go right back up. And I mean, we're getting real close back up to four bucks a gallon. Yeah, know, for gas around yep. here, um, it, it's just ridiculous. There's no reason for it. You know, I mean, it was kind of proven to us uh, as the, as Americans that we don't have to live with these high prices. And I mean, gas under uh, the Trump presidency was pretty damn affordable. Yeah, I would say. And uh, yep. you know, here we are getting back into the struggle bus, and it's it's not just gas. Obviously, the price of gas is going to make everything else alone go up just because sure. of the delivery cost. Yeah. So there, there that explains one reason for the inflation for our groceries, but. It's it's just absolutely ridiculous, you know. I mean, it it it's no it's it is not sustainable. It, right. Anybody who budgets and lives paycheck to paycheck, this is it's it's outrageous what we're living through right now. Oh, absolutely. And and you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the guy that tells you you know oh we pinch pennies for you know everything that we do in our family we pinch pennies because you know we're on that tight of a budget. You know we do we do like to go out and do fun things. And, and sometimes it may be fiscally irresponsible for us, but I think, um, you know, me and my wife, a lot of times will, will prefer to have an experience with the family or go out and do something, you know, rather than save the money that we could. Uh, that's kind of, I hear you. And, and so I think, I think that that's one of the values that I think we wanted to, we, 
we both knew we wanted to instill into our kids was that, you know, even even if you don't have enough money, you know, or, or very much, you can always find something to do. There absolutely is. And uh, that's, you know, you mentioned the homeschooling aspect. And that's part of what my wife is really good at is finding all these free activities for us to do. And there is a handful of them. I mean, there's so many free activities uh, you can take the family to. Um, just around, you find your local forest preserves. You look at, I mean, even stores like Home Depot and Lowe's do builds. Uh, you know, little makeshift builds that you build with the kids, little hammer nail action, and you yeah. get a little cool hobby kid out of it. And yeah. Um, well, and, and the homeschooling community has grown quite a bit too in the, oh, in the last few, you know, three, four, five years, right? Oh, yeah. I'd say thanks to COVID um, and getting the cameras kind of into the homes and parents could kind of see what was going on, mm-hmm. uh, it really kind of led to a large shift into the homeschooling uh, uh, world here. And uh, what was Joe got pulled up here? We got some research published by the Urban Institute supports a surge, finding that homeschooling increased by 30% between the 2019, uh, uh, yeah, 2019-2020 and uh, 2021 and 22 school years uh, in the states examined. Yeah. So broken down by demographics, a few emerged from the HBO series. So that's, that's pretty cool. That, I, I that's mean, a, it makes sense, though. Yeah, that's a big statistic. 30%? Yeah. 30%. And, and I mean, I don't think I don't think a whole lot of that was due to just parents having to stay home because of COVID. I think, I think part of the, well, I, I think part of that might have been fear. Sure. You know, but I well, think I think another part of that too is seeing how some of these school districts dealt mm-hmm. with this whole thing and oh, yeah. and parents saying, "Yo, what what's going on? Why why would we do that?" And so they decide, okay, well, my kid's not going. I can teach him better. Well, I. I would say COVID broke everyone's brains. You know, I mean, it's pretty, yeah, at this point, it's easy to say that. Um, but the masks, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, sure, sure, sure. But the masks weren't saving any of these kids. And a lot of these kids are developing their speech and, and recognition and uh, reading and, and learning through these, these means of, uh, you know, even reading lips. There's, there's a lot of things that they weren't able to do with the masks. And it set them back. It set them way, way back. I don't even think about that, yeah. Oh, for sure. And my kid, uh, my son, goes uh, to speech therapy. So this was a huge detriment for him. And it's like, well, no, no, duh. You know, yeah. you're covering his mouth. I mean, it's a big aspect of uh, of speech is sure. making sure their mouths are opening correctly. Well, even and... saying, you know, like my my youngest daughter had a problem with her R's, mm-hmm. and it wasn't and it wasn't until it, well, yeah, and and as soon as first of all, we were really worried about. She's in first grade, okay, and we were really worried about it. Or I should say, I was. My wife is a teacher, so she she talked to uh, a speech therapist in the school, uh, and she said it wasn't that big of a deal. But um, yeah, it's pretty common. Yeah, the and R. and the the R, you know, it was it, it something clicked when we actually took the time to sit down and actually show her how our mouth was moving when we pronounced the R. That's huge. I didn't even think about that until you oh, brought yeah. that up. Yeah, that's huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll say right now they have him on some sort of weird trick. Uh, it's like a tool he kind of puts in his mouth and talks, and it kind of makes his tongue do a weird shape shift deal. Hmm. Um, and he My just, wife might like that. <laughs> he kind of just says a couple words. like it's, it's almost like gibberish they have him say. And uh, just not even not even five minutes of doing that, and it's like he's saying words just perfectly fine. It's, yeah. re- it's almost interesting because it, it comes from, you know, he... 
he'll say those R's kind of weird and the W's and, and some sounds kind of sound sound off and you can't really make out what he's saying. And then he does this little trick and I mean, for the rest of the day almost, you can understand perfectly fine exactly what he's saying and it's, it's kind of wild. That's um, awesome. The different tricks they're able to come up with. So, you know, I'm not fully against the education system and against schools and against teachers sure. and everything else. That's, that's not the reason why we're homeschooling. It, it was mostly just an administration, administrative overreach, I'd say. Yeah. And, um, and then just to kind of come to find out, you know, you kind of re reimagine American, uh, history. I mean, the school system's kind of, it's a newer thing. Uh, Department of Education's not always been around. And then when you kind of research it more and more and find its ties to the Department of Homeland Security and whatever else, Ooh. it's, it's a little freakish to say the least. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't think it's... It's something that I feel like we've been brainwashed to believe that that's just the way it should be. Uh, that's the way it has to be. I mean, there was even a John Oliver skit somewhat recently about uh, he's just, you know, people are laughing and nodding and he's saying, can you believe they're just homeschooling their kids and they're not even checking in with the government? And oh, people yeah. are laughing and agreeing with them. And it's like, yeah. that, that's insane yeah. to me. And there I feel like the spirit of America is kind of kind of shows in these uh, statistics with homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And and everything else. I mean, Americans are just a inherently anti-authoritarian. I mean, I think that's just yeah. kind of the spirit of America. And uh, when you're facing a totalitarian kind of takeover and yeah, kind of making life hard, it's kind of mm-hmm. kind of hard to ignore. Well, and and <laughs> well, and here's the other thing too. I think I think one of the things that a lot of so when you look into when you look into a school district or look at at a school's activities you notice all of the things that they're doing to try to be inclusive to everything. And and that inclusivity almost, well, it does. It, it turns people off because mm-hmm. even, even so... Oh, for sure. What we're, doing, what we're doing right now, you know, talking about this podcast, one of the main things that, uh, that we have talked about almost every single conversation we've had is... You know, one of the things that we were taught in school was you never talk about religion, you never talk about oh, yeah. politics it's, and it's public. Impolite. It's it, it's impolite, and you got you know you'll fight and ba 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 ba. When we could have been taught that maybe our differences of opinion, <clears throat> we could learn something from each other. You oh, know, yeah. or if if absolutely nothing else, maybe you walk away from the conversation of a different with a difference of opinion. Thinking, okay, well, at least I understand why they think the way they think. They have different circumstances, whatever the case is. You know, a little bit uh, finding out what why people think the way they think has always been interesting to me. I think that's part of the reason why. Yeah, the psychology kind of behind how people get into their opinions oh, sure. and, and sure. how they find their way into a certain political viewpoint, cultural viewpoint, or yeah. or viewpoint on something that you you would think would be a common sense everybody has this issue and then come to find out a bunch of people believe the opposite on something and then it's like well how in the world yeah. did they get there and you know it's kind of like well it was the raising it was uh you know whatever else um oh yeah okay so we got joy so our, pulling up some oh, good yeah, some good yeah, info yeah, here yeah. and just to kind of throw it back to a little bit before like i was saying the department of education not being a new thing uh, Joy pulled up. I mean, it was founded in ni- uh, 1979. I mean, that's that is not yeah. a long time. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's it's older than the hippies. Well, you think or new or younger than the hippies? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Well, and and you'd think something that is brought up all the time nowadays would be a lot older. You know, of a 
of a thing. Yeah. But I mean, you're talking seventies, late seventies at that. Realistically, homeschooling was the the tradition. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for the longest time. I mean, so. it was well. Well, what was it? I mean, a school day. One, you had several different grade levels. Yeah, and you know, at the same time. At the same time in the same building. Right, and and, and what was it? Ha- at by noon, most of the boys would all be taken out of class because they would work. they would learn to read and write. Yep, that was what they were there for. And then it was to go work, to go learn your tr- yep. your trade. Yep. And it's not like oh, child labor is bad. It's like no, they were being taught a labor skill that was going to be, you know, their mm-hmm. successful skill in the future for what they were going to do, what they were going to be masterful at. Yeah. Um, and that was being handed down by a family member, usually a family member or someone, you know, in the town, you you know, go to the blacksmith to be the apprentice or whatever else, you know. Um, yeah. Th- these things were, I mean, there's a reason why our country was so strong. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there's a reason why we won World War II. I mean, we yeah. were very strong, strong men. Well, and and I would I would say too that I think there was a there was a stronger family back then. You know, I mean, when you oh absolutely well when you got done and with community. school, yeah, absolutely. Yep. I mean, you know, when 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 they got when they got done with school. They went right home. If there was homework, I, I think there was a lot of learning, even just basic arithmetic, mm-hmm, you know, for sure. literature, you know, parents read to their kids every single yeah. night, you know, before bed. <clears throat> I, I think there's a lot to be said about that. That Your your entire family is is present in each other's lives. Oh, yeah. It, it lies all the time. There was also probably a lot more pride. You know, sure. in in, in sure. the school, uh, what you are learning, your handwriting abilities and, and skills, you're yep. learning cursive. Uh, you, you know, your the way you wrote kind of represented who you were. It, you know, in the mm-hmm. perceptions of their eyes back then. So I mean, it, it mattered, and there yeah. was, you know, you you hear a lot about people take their pride in their in their work. How many jobs have you had where you're like, oh man, I could take back take a picture of this and be proud of it. You know, this yeah. is one to put in the in the books here. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, a lot of people. I feel like that's something that's uh, when that misses in society. That's something that we're missing. Purpose, maybe, maybe lack of purpose drives it. Yep. Um, well, I, it kind of leads to some of the horrible, horrible stuff we're seeing. Oh yeah, and I, I think a lot of it too is, you know, people, kids especially, are being discouraged from something that they genuinely enjoy. Yeah. So, <clears throat> like the blue collar stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah. You you and me, we've we've basically had all but, you know, all but white collar jobs. And we've we basically had blue collar jobs. Oh yeah. And yep. and Absolutely. you know, I think I've learned I think I've learned a lot more from a blue collar job, whether it's the old guy mm-hmm. getting upset with me, telling me that I should be doing it this way or that way, you know, and, and being rough with me sometimes. Yeah. You know, telling not caring about my feelings, but telling me, hey, no. this is the way it needs to be. And I think there's something to that where, you know, you're, you have to be practical in that moment. You have to use your hands. You have to, you know. Yeah, you have to get down and dirty. You have to be willing, you know, right. willing to, to go in at it. And it, and once you click, once it clicks, once it clicks, it's like one of the most satisfying things in the world. Absolutely. Because, you know, if you're, if you're doing cable, if you're doing <clears throat> uh, plumbing, uh, and, just a, a home repair. Yeah, anything. Any, any home repair. We were just talking about this today we, too. We sure yeah. were. Yeah, uh, it's it's so satisfying when you when you actually get something done and you 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 look back at it and you think, okay, I just fixed that. It wasn't working. 
I'm the one that made that work now. I fixed that. I didn't have to call someone else to come fix it for me. You know, I was able to figure it out thinking logically about the situation. These types of things, these these troubleshooting kind of abilities here are that's definitely what I'm going to be training to my kids. I'm going to teach them most importantly, I think the troubleshooting aspect uh, because I think it's something that you can kind of take into day-to-day life. That's as, huge. As well as uh, any any real work. I mean, if, if you can figure out why something's not working at, at a certain point and you figure out and isolate that point, I mean, fixing it to, in today's age, at least, I mean, you can just freaking simply Google search it and figure out, find a YouTube video on how to fix it. Someone yep. somewhere has created a YouTube or Rumble video on how to fix yep. X. It, just search. It's there. And it's it's at our fingertips. And we've never, you know, kind of living in this day and age where we can always be, we can be so smart, but at the same time be so dumb. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. kind of insane. Well, and and there's a there's uh there's a special part of the journey to getting to that as well, to getting to that that aha moment. Oh, because sure. because that aha moment where you finally realize, "Oh, hey, this isn't that hard. I just got to do XYZ." You know, there's there's a special part of the aspect of learning and getting to that point. That's I, I might argue would be the most important part because you're you're learning well it's trial and error a lot of yeah. times trial and error oh it plays a big part yeah absolutely <laughs> and and so I, I think I think not necessarily having someone there to hold your hand like like you talked about in YouTube videos mm-hmm. you know there is a special part to that journey up to that that great moment where you you can feel that satisfaction of fixing something or, oh, yeah. or whatever it is and and that troubleshooting you're absolutely right troubleshooting i mean if you can if you can put down on your resume that you're great at troubleshooting yep what tell me tell me one specific job that that's not going to be looked highly it, upon and spoiler alert if you also put on your your resume nowadays that you're a patriotic american in in some sort of aspect that you're a a uh, principled individual it's going to play very far yeah. uh, in the job because a lot of people don't don't actually like uh, the the woke nonsense and the pronouns and the uh, believe it or not they don't not prefer they don't prefer fresh college grads they prefer people with actual experience and guess what a uh, four year six year eight year whatever the hell uh, certificate you have from that university yeah. is not experience yeah well, no matter and, what they've told you yeah and and. <laughs> Joe, our producer, done a great job again. Uh, according to the U.S. Department of Labor, this is from Indeed, uh, which I would say is a pretty reputable I would job site. Absolutely agree. Uh, according to the U.S. Department of Labor, professionals who complete an apprenticeship earn an average starting salary of seventy-two thousand per year. Over the co- over the course of their careers, apprentices may earn about three hundred thousand dollars more than non-apprenticeship employees in similar fields. Well, there you go. I mean, the proof is in the pudding here. I'm, you can get by and you can actually go to work enjoying what you do when you create with your hands, when you fix with your hands, when you're, I mean, this work that's just you know, plumbers. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you don't want to be a plumber. It's like, why? Yeah. Most plumbers are making over $30 an hour starting. Yep. I mean, yep. It's unreal how much these people can make. Yeah, and that's not even you get into a union or whatever else. I mean, sure you might be paying dues, but now you're talking forty plus dollars an hour 
look, even with the inflation that we're talking about and the expensive prices, if you're making thirty plus dollars an hour, it's a lot easier to deal with this nonsense than if you're if you're making twenty bucks an hour. Sure. I mean, yeah. it's just it's the reality of the situation. Yep. Um, you could still be living paycheck to paycheck because that I feel like paycheck to paycheck's almost a personal choice. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, you can make it happen. And I only say that from someone who supported a family for from an, uh, a salary of $14 an hour all the way up until what I'm making currently, which I think it's rude to say. So yeah, I will not yeah. say it, <laughs> but it's just it's just the proof is there. I mean, sure, the rec- record inflation wasn't what it was then. Uh, we right. were under, under Obama. I will say that. Um, so, I mean, it, it was kind of what the Biden presidency began as, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were kind of right thrust right back into that stage of uh, pre-Trump, uh, right about that Obama stage where gas prices were pretty much right around that same price. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other things got a lot more expensive real fast, things that, you know, Obama, you can't take credit for. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's it's just ridiculous. Um, you know, and, and I mean, I, I do think that there is a... Uh, kind of like what you said i'd rather take the old guys giving me the the rough answer the yeah. the the kind of the more disre- you know in a in a sense it's not disrespectful because it may come off that way at the time you know sure. realistically if you really want to be emotional about it sure maybe does did that make you feel bad at the moment did it make you feel stupid sure yeah maybe it did it's, but that moment of stupidity yep. is what's going to fix you and kind of make yep. that correction it's going to i'm dead i can guarantee you it's going to help you not make that mistake again. Because oh, yeah. you're not going to want to feel that way again, and you're exactly. going to be put it in your head, oh, this guy. Realistically, that guy's trying to help you. He's oh, yeah. doing everything he can to help you yep. not make that mistake again because making the mistake might be a safety issue. Yep. It, it might well, just be a product issue. It might be an issue that you might get fired for down the road yep. if you keep doing it. Well, so, and most of the time, and, and most of the time, it's complacency. Oh, you I, know? I, yeah, absolutely. A, a lot of times, incompetence if, if, if I've, you know, if I've trained somebody... And and they do something that is you know either unsafe or I I'll mm-hmm. get like that because it's oh, yeah. like you know you, you tell them you have to tell them sternly you want to make have, sure that they know be, you have to be stern about that yeah. safety is uh, it's no joke even with my kids I mean that's a oh, that's yeah. a, a great example you know I <laughs> don't jump off the stairs <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but um, yeah I think I think that a lot of a lot of kids are discouraged from doing something that they think that they either might be good at or there's some generous interest there's there's uh there's interest generated there and then there's so many people that just kind of oh uh, well that's not going to make you as much money as being a doctor that's not going to make you as much money right. as doing this or that and and so people just kind of go along with okay that, well my parents say that I'll that live a better life if thinking. I'm yeah you know is that still is that still a thing because that was definitely a thing for us. You know damn well it was a thing for us oh. millennials growing up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We it, it was it was all about college. It, if you didn't go to college, you would you amount nothing. to nothing. Nothing at all. Yep. You, you would be nothing. And then yep. we were the whole generation too, I feel like of the uh, participation trophy started to become a thing. Absolutely. As well as oh everybody's if you're not aspiring to be an astronaut, then uh you're messing up. Yeah. You're messing up as a kid. Yep. Your dreams and hopes are, are yep. worthless what, and well, you're not you're not dreaming big enough. Yeah, what were what were all the banners? What were all the banners in the school? You know, reach for the stars, dream big dreams, da da yeah. da, da da you know. And all and that while, is fine. That is fine. You know. But but when but when that's going to be the focal point of, you know, when the focal point is going to be, well, the only way you can reach your dreams is through college. Yeah. You know, that's when That's that's it. You have to 
It changes you know, the and, whole meaning of the... And how many people can just afford it? You right. Know? How many people are just like, oh, I'm just going to pay the cash for the college? Well, and here's here's an example. Me and my wife. There you go. I, I work, I work blue-collar jobs. I make just as much, uh, maybe more than her as a teacher... She went to a very nice school. She earned she earned a scholarship to the school. The only she the only thing that she's paying for is room and board. Okay. Uh, when she went to the the college, and she's she's you know in in five figure debts. Oof. I've got no debt from college. I've got you know, and I'm making the same amount of money. Wow. You know, and so so I think I think that the biggest thing that that we could probably teach these kids, and I, I will say. Some of the um, some of the school districts around here have started to catch on to it. Um, they're starting programs where, you know, they have kids going out building houses, basic oh, carpentry. Awesome. They have they have CNC machines in some you know, of the I shop classes. That. I did hear that. that you know, is a, that stuff like that is a step in their correct that's direction. Huge. That's, that's great. It's that huge. Great. And and you hope you hope that there's kids out there that they feel like they're floundering because they can't figure out what they want to do. Sure. You'd hope that, you know, they're able to find something that they can do that makes them happy. Whether it's, it's not, it's not always being a bookworm. It's not always being, you know, the smartest. It's, it's about, maybe it's about building something. You know. Yeah, I mean, we, we got to throw it to Joe again. Always staying on topic here yeah. with bringing up these these great 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 He's doing well sources here. Uh, I mean, he just pulled up right here. The high school uh, teacher salary in Wisconsin, uh, average base salary is about fifty-seven k per year. Uh, yeah. An IT specialist, sixty-three k per year. Yep. Yep. So that's the person that's raising our future, and I'm going to make this argument that teachers definitely deserve to get paid more. I'm going to make the argument that the ones arguing that they do deserve to get paid more aren't necessarily the ones that deserve the pay increases. I feel like the base pay itself should just be higher. I mean, you're training the future, you know, you're you're teaching, you're supposed to be enlightening these kids. And I went to high school. I went to public high school. Um, there's a lot of ideological teachers out there. Absolutely. It, when I was in school, and I can only imagine it's gotten a lot worse now. Um, there was teachers that were just all about their agendas. And some of the kids loved it because, you know, they could get away with anything. And even thinking about that, like back in that day, like as a, as someone who was anti-authoritarian as a kid, and I skipped class all the time, and I you know wasn't the best student per se. I hated that. Yeah. I, I hated the teachers that did stuff like that. I thought it was uh, I thought it was utterly just ridiculous. I, I yeah. thought the ones doing this ideological stuff, it, it's not fair. It, it's not right. It's deception. It's manipulation, and it, it's just. It's not cool. Yeah. It's kind of like quid pro quo, you know, in in the workplace. Mm -hmm. It's just it's the same type of type of thing. It shouldn't be allowed. It's, you know, all the buzzwords nowadays. What they call them, groomers and whatever else. But it's they're not wrong. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, tell me they're wrong. Right. <laughs> well, and and you're you're. I think you're right. You know, there's a lot of teachers out there who, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that they get in for the money, but I think I think there is. There might, there's probably ulterior motives for a lot of these teachers that, that go out there and they know that they're influencing young people's lives. They oh, know that. And, and you know, people like, I'll, I'll say it, I'll shout her out. So my wife, she's, she's great. She's, she's one of those, I would say, if I can speak objectively as possible 
to my about my own wife, but she is <laughs> she's one of those. She's one of those that will do everything that she can for her students. She genuinely, genuinely cares about not even just their grades, but them at home. You know, she's come home upset because she doesn't know what to do for a kid because they're having a hard time at home, you know? Yeah. And so there's, I, I, I absolutely agree with you that there are some teachers out there that by far, I would say maybe most, maybe most, most teachers out there definitely, definitely deserve to be paid more. But there are a lot of others out there who just want to go out there and push an agenda. And it's so frustrating because think think about how, how much these kids are missing out on because of it. You yeah. know, if there's a lot of curriculum problems, too. You know, which which yeah. there there are teachers that are forced into curriculum problems. You know, Correct. the curriculum teaches one thing, and the teacher thinks, uh, you know, I don't agree with it, but I have to teach well, it if I want to be employed. I mean, look at and to bring back the COVID thing happened, and uh, they just emergency certified all these people as teachers yes. who didn't go through and get the degrees and didn't go through and get all these crazy certifications. They got like a a simple attend this two week ceremony type deal yep. and you get a you're good to go and now you're teaching a class of students. That's a frustration to this day for teachers. Oh for sure. And um you know it, it, it's kind of wild to watch this uh this kind of unfold. Um you know I, I I've known I've known a couple a couple of the people that have taken advantage of the situation. I, I kind of understand the point too. Everybody needs a job, everybody needs an income. But there, there comes a certain point where, you know, teaching should be also a passion. So it's like, yes, I believe you should be being paid for your passion, just with sure. anything else, too. I mean, realistically, you find something you love to do. And I mean, if kids and family and community is something you love, then probably being a teacher is probably going to be something you're really good at. Right. Uh, just naturally, just naturally enjoy doing it. You probably go to go to work every day happy. You probably won't have the weird uh, stresses and anxiety that everybody associates with a nine-to-five job situation. And then on top of it, you get the summers off. So that's cool. Right. Um, you know, I would like that yeah. personally. Oh, yeah. But I wouldn't want to deal with the kids in that situation. Nope. I can't do it. Nope. So I told, all I, the power to them. Yep. I've told my <laughs> wife several times I wouldn't last a week as a teacher. It'd take one kid, one, one <laughs> smart aleck kid yeah. to say something to me the wrong way. And they'd be flying across the room. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. I, uh, Get yourself fired real fast. Well, and I think I think that's one thing, too, that the, the values of, like you touched on earlier, the values of the American people have gone down so far. You know, disrespect to an elder isn't looked down upon like it was once before. Yes. You know, there's so many parents out there who will say, well, what'd you do to my kid for them to say that to you? You know, or what did you, you know? Yep. And it's so sad because most of these teachers are out there. They want the best for these kids and they're dealing with it the best way they know how. It's a victim culture. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm <laughs> sure we'll have several episodes on that later. Alone. But, yeah. But just to, exactly. It, so, it's, there's nothing my kid that's wrong. The, the, 
problem must lie within your teaching abilities. Mm-hmm. And they're under your care, so it's yes. your fault. So that's why they're acting up. They, yep. they don't do this at home. There's no... Oh, yeah. Sure. Give me a break. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. sure they pay a whole lot of attention to them exactly. at home. Exactly. <laughs> you nailed it right on the head. That's exactly it. it most of the time... I, well, I, I'm not qualified to say it, but I will say, say that it. there is Preach a... It. Well, no, there's, there's, there's definitely... There's definitely a uh, there's definitely a coincidence happening when my wife does talk about some of these kids. They don't get much attention at home, or if yeah. they do, the the attention is is minimal at best. Minimal or negative. Right, right, and you know. so you know they're, they're, when they're looking for a positive outlet here, and uh, they they take it out at they, they take it out at school. They're taking it out on their teachers yep. and their peers, and um, yep. And I, I, you know, you feel for those kids. You really do. But at the yep. same time, you know, when I when I see one of my kids crying because they got in trouble or they did something that they weren't supposed to, while sometimes I want to really console them because I don't I don't like seeing my kids cry, you know. Oh, but at the same time, right. at the same time, there's also a time for discipline. There's also a time for being stern, being yep. straight to the point and saying, hey, this is why I yelled at you. You know, don't cross the street without looking both ways. I yelled at you because there was a car coming that was, you know, 150 feet away from hitting you. <laughs> right. You know, there's I yelled at you because I didn't want you to die. Exactly. And <laughs> I want you to stay here, yep. believe it or not. And there's so I many. And it's the it's the victim culture in a lot of these parents who think I honestly, I think a part of it too is parents, regardless of if regardless of if they're doing well parenting or not, I think there's such a there, there's such a pressure uh sometimes on parents they think, oh well they're gonna look at me as a bad parent. Sure. You know? But but I think I think you you're right in the in the whole victimhood aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know Everyone, it's so easy to play the victim nowadays, and people just kind of, oh, oh, it's, okay, you know, it, they kowtow yeah. to it. it. It's been put into the the not just that it's okay; it's almost encouraged that you are, and how dare you not be a victim? I mean, yeah. it, it, it's almost like you're not a victim. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? You know, it, it's it's totally opposite of how it should be. Mm-hmm. Everybody should just be an individual. Everybody should just know their responsibilities and be able to take care of their own. And that's it, dude. You yeah. most of the victimhood out there, most of the time, if if we sat down with someone that was frustrated that they maybe they think that they aren't being treated right or something, you know, if you just talk to somebody like and we've talked about this several times with one of the main reasons we wanted to start this podcast. Yeah. You just talk to somebody, you treat them like a human, mm-hmm. they, they'll have a difference of opinion almost always. There, oh, yeah. There's a difference there. But if if I don't agree with you, don't make me agree with you. Don't don't try to yeah. force me to agree with you. I won't try to force you to agree with me. Right. We'll live our lives, and hey, we'll still grab a beer. Still grab a beer. Exactly. We'll still drink, crack open a beer, and we'll talk about the music that's playing or maybe the current events of the town or, or what's happening mm-hmm. for the parade nearby or or whatever else, the, the fair that's happening or, or the sale at Walmart. I yeah. don't care. There's yeah. so many other things Doesn't to matter. talk about. And 
yeah, a lot of the times we forget what's what makes us human, and uh, yeah, you know, our opinions are our opinions, but humanity's a thing, and you you got to lend a, a hand to a brother and anybody that's willing to accept uh, you, you know, it. accept that conversation and just have a good time, mm-hmm. because really, realistically, you know, what makes us all Americans is being able to kind of come together and. I like to put it as as have that barbecue on the street. You know, you block off, you put the signs down at the end of the street, kind of have the block party situation. You have a couple neighbors together, and the kids are all playing, and everybody's just happy. Yep. You know, there's no reason to fight. And don't none of that none of that crap really matters. So I mean, it's mm-hmm. we come down to over it to to have ourselves a, a nice beer and just have a good conversation about some stuff. Uh, it gets a lot off your chest. It makes everybody feel a lot uh. Well, it makes me feel a lot better. I don't oh know about yeah, you, Zach. But it, you well, know, after yeah. our conversations, I generally feel like a a load's been lifted. Oh yeah. Well, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the way I look at it, I, I would argue the way most people look at it. I don't care if you're gay, straight, white, black, regardless of what you label. Going straight into the heavy topics. Uh, no, here. I, I, well, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you label yourself as or what others label you as. Um, you. What about the Asians? Uh, so first episode pilot episode and we're canceled yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i but i I think regardless of what you think that people think of you regardless of of uh, that's another thing too is people overanalyze so much there's such a self-confidence issue out there everyone thinks that someone doesn't like them and honestly if you were just to have a conversation with somebody you know, most most of the time you'd find something that you can relate with them on. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and that's what you have to cling on to. You don't have to cling on to your differences. You don't have to cling on to your 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 difference of opinions or anything like that. I have I have differing opinions from a lot of my family. And get, sure. guess what? We're still a very the people that I have the biggest differences of opinion with. I probably hang out with more. Yeah, I would say that's true too. I, I've even gotten in uh, political style fights over fa- at family events with probably the family members on, I'd say, my wife's side, my my uh, in laws that are that I'm the closest to, um, to this day, because yeah. we, you know, you realize that you shake your hands afterwards, you give yourselves a hug. Absolutely, family's family, and I mean, there's a lot more importance than you know what you think about <laughs> Biden and Trump. There's a right answer and a wrong answer for sure. Mm-hmm. But someone's opinion shouldn't, you know, yeah. that, that doesn't make that person. Yeah. You know, maybe well, they just, the information they have, they've come to the opinions they've had because of that reason. Yeah. And it's just because of the information they're they're obtaining it from. Yep. I mean, it, it's unfortunate what's what's happening in this country. And, and these are the things we're going to be able to talk about. So I'm looking a lot, looking forward to it. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm really excited because, honestly, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting other people on that, I can learn from, you know, if we have differences of opinion or whatever the case is, I'd really like to see why other people think what they think and why they think it, you know, I'm, I like to learn. I like to learn about people. I genuinely am interested in other people. And so, so to have someone sit across from us in this, in this studio and, and tell us why they believe what they believe, you know, if nothing else, I'll learn something from exactly. It. Maybe maybe there, because you know, to every news story, even propaganda, there's some truth 
there. Yes. Whether it's manipulated for one way or another, there's a truth that, and even conspira- every conspiracy theory, there's a truth that drives all of these things. And, and finding that truth is kind of the fun part of life because, I mean, there is. And then once you find all these individual truths and all these crazy conspiracies, you know, all the flat earth conspiracies and stuff, yeah, and you're just, yeah. oh my gosh, some of these things are so hilarious. But you get into... What's up, Joe? What I was going to say, well, what about when people say, well, that's my truth? See, so that's my truth is uh, expletive. So that is absolute yeah. <laughs> crap. My yeah. truth is just your emotion, is what you believe on it. And it, it's like, okay, well, if you believe a, a lie, do you want to keep believing the lie? Right. That's the question you have to ask yourself. And I feel like a lot of people get that kind of cognitive dissonance on when you know, their worldview gets challenged by these facts. You know, they were told, for instance, Trump's a Nazi and he's a white supremacist supporter. Well, they must feel pretty silly when he comes out and says stuff about, you know, the fascists and our government and how that's wrong. I'd assume they read that and probably just think, oh, ha, 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 he's projecting. But it's kind of weird, you know, to kind of see these things come to, to light when it's like, well, you've just been told all these things about X person, then you're just believing, you're just parroting the views at a certain point when you could get on the internet yourself and kind of scrounge through some yeah. articles and kind of look through himself. I'll be honest, I hated Trump until I actually watched one of his speeches. I watched one of his speeches because uh, CNN decided to do a, uh, I don't know, it was like a 30 minute special on why his tie was unpresidential. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> If this is where we're at, maybe I should pay attention to what this guy's talking about because this is pretty ridiculous. And then he says some pretty commonsensical stuff. He's talking about we need to bring businesses back to the country. We need to bring manufacturing back. Yeah, these are all things that we need to do. I mean, these are it's it's horrible that we don't have these things. We need to bring prices down. We this that or the other thing. And uh, he did a lot of the things he said he was going to do. So I mean, that's why I supported him. But either way, um, yeah. Well, either way, regardless of who you voted for, you know, yeah. uh, again, it, it all boils down to we got our beers in hand. We can always have a beer. Rest assured that, you know, when we have our beer, we're good, Rega- regardless we of what our are. differences are. And with it being October, what uh, what beer are we drinking here tonight? Zach? Ooh, Oktoberfest. So we are from the lovely, beautiful state of Wisconsin. We sure are. And... New Glarus has a thing going on with Staghorn. It is the Oktoberfest. Uh, it's the version, their version of Oktoberfest. And it is absolutely delicious. Um, New Glarus Brewing Company doesn't really make a bad beer. I don't think they know what bad beer tastes like. Yeah. And uh, they only sell in Wisconsin. They are very strict uh, about the way they sell here. Oh, absolutely. Um, it well, is the a, other states try to the other states try to smuggle it in yeah. and get very hefty fines for oh, it. Oh, they certainly Min- do. The Minnesotans and the Illinoisans and all they—they yep. they do. They—they they get very hefty fines for it because they're trying to sell it in their bars. They sure do, and uh, they're not Illinoisans. They're just fibs. Yes. Ah, fibs. it's a title yep. I'm willing to accept at this point in my life, <laughs> as I have changed my ID. Yeah, yeah. Officially a fib. Yeah, I. This is and. To be perfectly honest with you, it's actually perfect that we start this podcast because I remember very first memories of us, you know, you getting your house and me coming by a garage yeah. beers, you know, having some garage beers out there. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was October, either Liney's Oktoberfest or Staghorn. 
It had so to be, kinda, you know. Yeah. That, that does kind of feel like it. Uh, it's kind of it's the very stars fitting. aligned here. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Great. So, well, well yeah. <clears throat> I think that'll that'll probably that, do it's probably going to do our first episode. I yeah. think uh, you know. I think we kind of got our 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 you know intentions our across intentions on across the, on yeah. what we want to do here. Um, it was great talking at you folks tonight, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope we enjoy, uh, you know, bringing Joey in here some more maybe with our next episode as our first guest. Did you guys yeah. want to shout out, like, any social medias, anything like that, how to get a hold of you? Um, oh, we're, you we're can, still in, in the infancy. Well, oh, you can still do email. Um, I don't know if you guys are going to plan on making your own Facebook page. Your <clears throat> we'll probably like get Instagram there at a certain point. Um so I'd say just kind of keep following the podcast here at Spotify. We might expand onto the other platforms. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you on the other platforms. That's we're gonna get gonna on the happen. other platforms. Look at this. Look at this. We, we're, we got we're Joe. treated like Joe's royalty a good guy here, here uh, hooking us up. So I mean, we, a this lot of thanks great. to him. Uh, thanks to you, Zach, for bringing this kind of together. Is the, oh. the bright idea of like, hey, and then Joe with the offering. I mean, it all just kind of came together. Uh, hey, it, it was, was something that was a pipe dream for us. It oh was, yeah, absolutely. Like 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 Zach said, we would just end up in the garage after work and uh, just talk about what's going on in the day, what's going on at work. Yeah, how these things kind of mess with mesh and uh, mess with our days and mess with our mm-hmm. lives and our futures. Because for both of us, it's very, uh, very important. I feel like uh, for what our kids are gonna hold, you know, it's the the future is well, is bleak at this point. But hopefully, we kind of keep it going, kind of keep bringing awareness to certain issues, and uh, maybe we can talk some people off a ledge. Well, yeah, and even if the <laughs> issues, even if the issues aren't exactly what we're talking about, you know, have these have these heavy co- conversations with your kids. You know, even yes. though even though sometimes you think. It, it it, it kind of hits home a little bit for me because uh, we my my granddaughter's lost a grandma a couple of weeks ago, oh, and so sorry to hear. yeah so so it's tough it's tough to have these conversations with your kids but it's something that's necessary because once you have these conversations with your kids they're not going to be as afraid to talk. To, to other people about them. And I think that's one of the things that we've lost as a society too, is we're so afraid to talk about things. We're so afraid about other people and what they think of us. Talk about this heavy stuff and be confident in it, regardless of your opinion, talk. That's it. Communication. Everyone says communication is key, but no one's willing to actually do it. Yeah, you have to do it. You can't be afraid of your opinions. Right or wrong, right. I mean, even if someone's there to correct you, you know, it's also how you take that, you know, if someone's there to correct you, don't mm-hmm. don't blow up at them. Yep. Obviously, okay, well, maybe take what they have to say and go research it and yep. then prove it to yourself. Absolutely. There's there's just lots of things. You, we need to get, get better at it. And I, yeah. I feel like, you know, uh, this is a step forward. This is, yeah, this is definitely one of the ways that we thought might be a good way to do that, just accomplish just that. So... Yeah. So, you want to take us out? All right. Well, I'll take you guys out. Thanks for joining us on this uh, this great podcast here. Uh, we are Common Sense with, with beer. beer. <laughs>